0: Hey, this is the Mark Butler Show episode 26, which means this episode marks six months of unbroken podcasting every week, which feels like a huge milestone for me. Uh, You know, if you've listened to the podcast for more than a while, you know that the rule is that I have to publish an episode every week by Saturday night at midnight mountain time at the latest. And early on, there were probably six or seven or maybe eight weeks in a row where that that deadline came close. I, I was recording and editing and posting podcast episodes at 1030 or 11 o'clock or sometimes 1130 on a Saturday night. I'll need to do another episode maybe in the near future to talk about this, but I want to say that this feels like a major accomplishment to me. And I share that because this type of work falls squarely in the quadrant of, of work that is important, but not urgent. And I, I've been a person, I don't, I don't think I'm the only one that struggles to be consistent in work that is important and beneficial, but not urgent, but there's no there's nobody emailing me every week to say I'm gonna fire you if you don't post your podcast. Uh, and it's a great it's a great accomplishment for me to actually show up every week for 26 weeks in a row and and post a podcast episode. And now I feel like the habit is ingrained, that habit is building confidence that's spilling over into other habits of my life. And so if you have been a person who's struggled to do work that you know is beneficial to you but isn't necessarily urgent, nobody's screaming at you to get it done. Work on those habits because the mental-emotional payoff, I will tell you, is big, but that may be a longer topic for another day. But this week, I want to share with you a really simple piece of advice that just needs to come up over and over again for all of us, And, and this is it. You can choose to be profitable in your business, and in fact, I think you have to. It is too easy to let too much time pass by without being profitable in your business, and I've been starting to do more and more reading in my field, you know, in the world of business finance and revisiting some books that I read years ago in the the area of personal finance. And it's funny that the themes that come up in these different books and across business finance and personal finance that are basically the same topics, but they're just sort of labeled differently because, you know, this book's about business and that book's about personal finances. The decision to be profitable is really the most basic piece of financial advice that anyone has ever given. Because if you read... Personal finance books like, for example, The Richest Man in Babylon, one of my favorite books. It's a quick read, takes probably 45 minutes to an hour to read the whole thing. I think it's the first piece of advice that that book gives is a portion of every dollar you earn is yours to keep, which is to say, pay yourself first. That's in the personal finance world. If you jump over into the business finance world, you talk about a book like Profit First. Profit First is a book that, if I'm being honest, I've never gotten myself to finish because I kind of think it drags kind of in the sort of halfway through toward the end. I kind of get bored with it. But here we have this author who wrote Profit First, who I think is a genius because he took the most basic piece of, of financial advice that has ever been given, which is pay yourself first. He He <laughs> twisted that and said, Profit First, and the whole coaching world lost its mind as though this man were some sort of some sort of genius. And I think he is kind of a genius, but he's more of a marketing genius than he is a financial genius because it's just that timeless piece of advice. Pay yourself first for every dollar that comes in. Some percentage of it has to go to you first before it goes and makes investments in the growth of your business or pays other people, other expenses, whatever it is. Pay Yourself First. Well, now I'm reading another book in the business finance world, which I actually think is even better than Profit First because it's a little bit more strategic. It goes into a little bit more detail, and I think it's really strong. The book is called, oh, I always forget what it's called. I've got a tab open. It's called Simple Numbers, Straight Talk, Big Profits. And then there's some other sub-headline, but it's by a guy named Greg Crabtree. The book is excellent. And he does this really interesting thing right at the beginning of the book, where he says you have to pick a profit target, uh, you know, say ten percent or fifteen percent. He actually says businesses that have a five percent profit margin are kind of at risk. Businesses that have a ten percent profit margin are healthy, and businesses that have a fifteen percent profit margin are doing really well. Well, you know, if you're a solopreneur, a coach, a freelancer, those percentages don't really apply to us which may also be a topic for another day because the reality is as freelancers and coaches, solopreneurs, we're trading our time for money mostly. And in our case, the percentage of dollars that we actually need to put in our pocket for every dollar earned needs to exceed 50%, 60%, maybe 70%. And if we're talking about before taxes, it, it may be closer to 80%. After taxes, you know, it's more like 50 to 60%. But the principle holds. The principle is you set a, a profit target in your business and you decide for every dollar that comes in, this many cents is going into my pocket and what's left can pay the bills. So Crabtree in his book, Simple Numbers, Straight Talk, Big Profits, he says when you're deciding how much you can afford to pay to contractors and other expenses... You first decide what percentage you're going to pay yourself. Then you decide, based on your revenue targets and your historical kind of average revenue, then you decide what you're going to pay out to other people, the contractors advertising other expenses. But he's just taking that age-old concept of paying yourself first, and he's he's applying it to a business setting. You can do the same thing in your personal finances. You can say, okay, for every paycheck that comes in, If I have a day job, if I have a salary, whatever it is, for every paycheck that comes in, when that money gets deposited into my checking account, I'm going to take from that some percentage, that's my money, and then the rest of my budget, the rest of my spending has to conform to that profit percentage. my personal finances. I'm not saying this is always the easiest thing to implement because there are so many forces acting on our cash. So, you know, so many things we want to spend in our personal life. So many things we want to buy in our personal life, I should say. So many things we want to buy in our business. So many offers flying at us all the time. It can be tough to be disciplined about picking that profit percentage and sticking to it. But it's the piece of advice that you're going to see most in, in kind of every finance book out there whether business or personal and that's because you can only stay in business and your your life can only function if you if you do it profitably now this can be especially tough for newer business owners who have not yet crossed a threshold of finding their rhythm in their business now my freelancer listeners tend not to fall into this trap as much My my listeners who are in the coaching world almost always fall into this trap. And here's what the trap looks like. I've decided I want to start a business. I've decided I want to be a life coach or health coach or whatever it is. And, and because of the initial reading and learning I do about the field, I'm finding out that really, whenever anybody gets into this field, they start by educating themselves. They get some certifications, they take some courses, and those courses range from helping them with their marketing and their operations, to helping them with their subject matter expertise, to helping them with their coaching technique, et cetera, et cetera. And their first move into the world of coaching, where they they want to establish themselves, is realizing that they've got to go get a bunch of education, because that's what everybody's telling them all the time. So they're in a stage that they call sort of the investment stage. And I, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I think that if you want to coach people, you have to A, establish your own expertise and B, practice your ability to actually deliver great coaching. So there's going to be an investment there. And, and I'm not even totally opposed. I'm not excited if, that you're going to borrow money for it. But you know, if you've listened to previous episodes, I'm not, I'm not dogmatic about that. It would be better if you could pay for it out of cash. But if you can't, okay, you may make an investment with some debt to get the thing off the ground. The trick here is that business owners who who go into their coaching practice making relatively big investments, sometimes you know uh, four-figure, sometimes five-figure investments into their personal development, whatever it is, website, whatever it is, they don't know when they're finished with the initial investment stage and now when it's time to say, okay, I've invested enough and it's time to be profitable. I need to move out of learning mode, move out of Practice mode or hobby mode, and it's time to be a business that generates revenue. But more important than revenue, it's time to be a business that generates profit. And it's really tough to know when have I crossed that threshold? I'll give you two ideas. The first is that you can give yourself one entire year to be in kind of investment or break even mode, meaning from the time you really commit to becoming whatever flavor of coach feels right to you life, health, business, relationship, whatever it is. Give yourself one year to learn everything you need to learn, to be an intern in your field, consider yourself an intern and get as much activity and as much practice and as much education as you possibly can in that year. And then when that year is over, from that moment of every penny that comes into your, into your business, some percentage has to be yours as profit. You can pick the percentage and that's the granular aspects of this are not they're kind of beyond the scope of a podcast episode, but for every dollar that comes in from a client, you choose that five cents or ten cents or 25 cents has to come out of that dollar and go into your personal checking account as profit. the other the other option I'll give you is you can choose to be profitable from day one in a sense. So even if you take on I don't know, five or ten or fifteen thousand dollars worth of credit card debt, to establish your business. Again, not that that's right or essential in many cases, but let's say that's what you do. As you start to go out and generate revenue, you're taking some percentage of that revenue. And yes, you're using part of it to pay back the initial investment, but you're also taking part of it as profit. And a lot, I know a lot of people would say, well, no, all of the money needs to go back to paying off the debt or the initial investment first. It's just my opinion, and I'm open to discussion and debate on this, but here's my opinion I have seen too many people get into a, a cycle of making big investments into their business and then hustling to pay them off and then doing it again and getting into the cycle where they're always going out and hustling to get money to pay off some big investment they made a month or two or six months ago in their business. What I would rather see is if a person says, okay, my initial investment to become a business coach or a life coach or whatever it is, a sales coach is $10,000. Of every dollar that comes in, I'll take $0.10 of that dollar and allocate it to repaying that investment, and I'll take $0.10 of that dollar, and that goes to me as profit, so that you're establishing the profit habit. There's just something about starting some amount, whether it's $0.05 on the dollar or $0.10 on the dollar and declaring that your profit. There's something about having that be more than zero that allows people to say, well, I'm at $0.05 on the dollar or 5% profitability on every dollar that I bring into my business there's something about growing from 5% to something more than 5% that seems to be easier for people than going from zero to more than zero. It's like being unprofitable or taking no money out of the business for yourself is a habit that people find really hard to break. And the longer they go with that habit, the harder it is for them to break. So what I want to see them do is choose to be profitable as early as possible in their business and then grow the profit. Rather than having to, at some point in the future, finally decide, oh, okay, I guess it's probably time for me to take something out of this business. So choose to be profitable from day one. Now, hidden inside of this of this advice is the reality that at some point, you have to stop seeing yourself as a person who is investing in a new business that should not yet be profitable sometimes I see clients who've been in business even multiple years. And when they get excited and enthusiastic about going to a new level in their business, they will slip back into unprofitability and they'll say, well, I'm, I want to grow again. So I'm going to forego my profits for a while. And what I would say is that's fine if you want to grow again, but you don't get to forego all of your profit. You can reduce your profit percentage. Let's say you've been taking 25 cents of every dollar out is profit, but then you want to grow and you want to grow by advertising or maybe by hiring a new team member. I don't know what your business might require. You change your profit percentage from 25% down to 15% and that 10% difference, that's what you're investing in your growth. Sometimes people will say, but that's not enough money for me to make the big investments and make the bold moves that I really have planned. Well, okay, that, I understand that that's probably true. My experience as, as a freelance CFO who's been in dozens and dozens of these businesses, when people are making these quote unquote bold moves, they're usually doing it from a place of either fear of missing out or panic. So they're hiring a really expensive coach to rescue them, or they think that their ugly website is the reason that they're held back, and so they make a huge investment in new branding new website, whatever, new logo, new photography, whatever it is, because they think that will rescue them from a moment of fear, or maybe they just had a failed program launch or they I don't know what their circumstance might be, but there's something that they feel like they need to be rescued from. And that's why they want to make quote, quote unquote, bold moves. Or maybe they're just really hitting some momentum and they're finally gaining some speed in their business. And they feel like this is my chance. I've got to, I've got to capture this moment. I've got to go for it. And they think that that's a reason to stop being profitable and to start spending ahead of their money. And what I mean by spending ahead of their money is they start to say things to me like, well, I've just hired A, B and C person. And that's kind of added a lot to my expenses, but I know I'm going to make it up. I know that this sets me up to make huge money in the next month, or in the next two months. And they'll very often tell me, and this has happened, by the way, many times. (laughs) So if anybody's listening to this that happens to be a current or former client of mine and say, oh, he's talking about me. No, I'm talking about dozens of people that I've talked to over the last four years because this is such a common occurrence in people's businesses where they say, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, therefore I already spent this money. I added these new staff members or team members, whatever it is. And then they've got to catch up. And the first time they do that, they're so, so confident that they can catch up. Well, as long as I make X dollars next month, then it will all have worked out. As long as I make Y dollars the month after that, I'll I'll just be caught back up to my budget and it won't be a big deal. But then that month passes and they miss the quota that their new level of spending required of them. And now there's this little seed of doubt. Oh, I didn't pull it off maybe there's something wrong with me. Then they double down. Well, I'm going to keep all these people on staff. This is the month. Now I know, because now it's been a couple of months since I I hired all these people. Now I know that I'm ready to really go to the next level. So my old goal was X for the month and now it's 2X. Well, they didn't get X and they think they're going to get 2X revenue in the month. And then they missed 2X, which compared to where they've been historically was maybe kind of a ridiculous goal. Like maybe they're just not even ready in their own mind to go to that level. But now that they've made these big grand commitments to that new level and then missed a couple of times, now that seed of doubt is growing. What if I can't do this? What if I can't pull it off? Or, or maybe that's confirming that doubting voice that was already in their head. See, I knew I couldn't do it. I knew I was going to, I knew this was going to fall apart. I knew I couldn't grow a successful business. When the reality is all they had to do was continue inside the momentum that they had and be patient and let that produce a lot of excess cash so that then they could make investments from a position of strength, from a position of big positive bank balances rather than okay, I'm going to run out of money. In th- Mark told me I'm going to run out of money in three weeks. If I don't sell 12 new clients into my program, I think I could do that. That's oh, going to be a little stressful. I'll go for it. Let's see what happens. Then they don't, then they're stressed out. Now they have this, this sense of obligation to these contractors. They've just hired as they've been staffing up and now they're stressed out. Oh, I don't know if I can afford her. Well, maybe, I don't know. What should I do? And now the stress is building. And guess what happens when the stress starts to build and pile up and compound on you? Well, that's showing up in your marketing, and your sales activities. Whereas in your momentum, you are confident and confidence is magnetic and attractive. Well, now you've got stress and you've got fear and stress and fear combined often lead to an ugly thing called desperation. And guess what? When somebody's trying to sell you something and they're desperate, that's pretty obvious. I don't. You have, maybe you guys have heard me say this before, but I think humans are very simple animals. When we are chased we run away. And in a sales setting, when you are thinking about, I've got all these people on staff, I've got to pay all these big retainers. I got to do this. I got to try to pay off that credit card balance that I built up last month because I hate carrying credit card debt. When all that is piling up on you and you're trying to present a webinar or you're trying to have a one-on-one sales call, it comes through in your voice. It comes through in your whole vibe. And all of a sudden you can't close and you don't know why. Why can't I close? I used to be able to close. It's because. We're all still in high school and whoever whoever wants it the least gets it the most, right? Whoever portrays this persona of confidence and I don't need anyone and I don't need anything, they're the most attractive, they're the most magnetic. They're the cool kid in high school. But if you start spending out in front of your money because you've chosen not to be profitable, you're not the cool kid anymore, now you're the desperate nerd who just wants to be included. And pushes a little too hard and tries a little too hard and says awkward things. (laughs) This is all suddenly hitting too close to home. Let's talk about something else. Listen, choose to be profitable. Stay in a position of strength. We're talking a lot about the coaching world today. But the reason this is so, so important in the coaching world is because, because coaching, the ability to persuade someone that you are the right person to be their coach really is so much about your vibe. It's about your, your confidence and that air of having things figured out, and you want that to come from a place of authority and legitimacy and authenticity where you actually do. You don't have anything to hide. You're not trying to sell them because you're desperate to pay a bill, which is the opposite of what I want in a coach. That's why it's so crucial to choose profitability as early in your business as you possibly can. After a phase of initial investing, kind of your education and internship, after that period, you draw a line in the sand and you say, from this moment forward, I choose to be profitable. So when somebody offers me a program, if I can't pay for the program and stay profitable, I'm not doing the program. When I think I want to hire someone, if I can't hire the person and stay profitable, I'm not hiring that person. And instead of directing my energy into spending money that I might have, I'm going to direct my energy into getting more money, raising my rates, simplifying my offers, increasing my strength in my business, and letting that strength make me more attractive to anyone and everyone that I might want to work with in my business. This is a tough podcast for me to to record. Because I'm constantly, as, as a CFO in these businesses, I'm constantly trying to balance my dogma around choosing to be profitable with my respect for my, for my client's own personalities and momentum. And I don't want to be a wet blanket. I don't want to say to somebody on a Skype call, I, I'm, a, I'm so excited that you're so excited But I got to tell you, I would rather see you express that excitement by going out and selling more rather than by going out and spending more and then having to catch up to that spending. I'm always so cautious about wrecking somebody's mojo and being a wet blanket. I don't want to. But the reality is a business that always chooses profitability will always be more attractive and stronger in the eyes of its prospective clients. This is, of course, especially true in a coaching business. Now, in conversations like this, we can bog down in particulars. What's the right profit percentage for me? What's the right profit percentage at the right stage? What if I'm at this stage? What if I'm at that stage? What's the right profit percentage for me? I don't know. I could talk to you about that one-on-one. We could figure it out. But I can tell you this. The way you can check in with yourself is if you ever find yourself about to spend money and you're having to tell yourself, okay, I'm going to spend this money, but then I know I can go make it up in that moment that is the entire answer because you're taking the relatively easier way out which is to spend money instead of what you know is the right way through the through the moment through the problem which is to go out and get another client or to go out and get another client at a new higher rate go do the thing that's a little bit harder a little bit scarier and less comfortable rather than hiding inside the idea of I'm going to go spend, I'm going to grow a team, I'm going to build infrastructure. We dress all these things up. We dress them up in fancy business words when the reality is they're hiding from the important work and these activities are just, they're just you choosing not to be profitable. I get on my soapbox about this because I believe in my clients' businesses and, my, and the people who aren't my, my clients. I believe in your businesses too. The, the key to success in your business is to choose to be profitable, stay healthy financially so that you're attractive and magne- magnetic to your ideal client. And then that brings you cash. That cash gives you more strength. And then you can make those same investments, but you can make them in a way that makes you stronger and not weaker. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you who are in the United States. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone else as well. Hope you have a great, thankful week. I hope you're enjoying the way you're spending your work days this week. You can always reach out to me at mark at markbutler.com to have a conversation about this. I'm also at Mark Butler Show on Twitter. And I hope you have a fantastic week. I will talk to you next Friday.